Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our eight-week study this season is titled, But God. Each of us has a story with many various elements. The one element that outshines them all is the entrance of Jesus Christ into our story. Here's Jacqueline. How is everybody this morning? How is everybody this week after last week's discussion? Was it freeing? Was it painful? I think there might be many different adjectives that we could put on that put on that sentence. I do pray though that no matter where you are in your story that you are allowing yourself grace and time and freedom. Let healing happen from the Lord when and if it needs to come. In the meantime, I pray that we step forward and I love it. I love the return of this week as our eagerness to understand, understand our story, understand our God. Isn't it beautiful to understand our God? Right? We never will. Correction. We will. First Corinthians 13 tells us that one day we'll understand. We'll see everything whole. We'll see him face to face and everything will make sense. Everything will make sense. Every question, every concern, every thought, every sorrow, every hurt answered. He can't even, can't even comprehend that truth. It's going to happen because Jesus. Anybody else want to go back to our Jesus and me today study? (laughs) Good, good stuff. We are in week two of but God. But God. We're going to talk about work. Quite different than last week, right? We're going to talk about work. And our title today is Work, But God. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, specifically 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I have a feeling we're going to peek into chapter 2. We may even discuss chapter 1. We may pop into chapter 4. For all I know, we may cover all 16 chapters of 1 Corinthians. <laughs> so I hope you get comfortable in your seat because 1 Corinthians is a ride, quite the journey. One that I did not like my entire life. Anybody else have a problem with 1 Corinthians? I am literally the only human in this room that had a problem with 1 Corinthians. Let me ask that again. Anybody else struggle with anything in 1 Corinthians ever? There you go. Thank you for being real with me. I had a hard time with that chapter, that book, until about three years ago, 2019, when God asked me to write a book on 1 Corinthians. My first book that I wrote was on submission. That was fun. And then God's like, let's write a book on 1 Corinthians. I'm like, why? Why submission? Why 1 Corinthians? Why? Why, God? And I sat that down. I told God, I'm like, I'm not going to write a book on 1 Corinthians, but I'll read it. That's <laughs> how submissive I am, right? So I bought a brand new Bible. That's when I bought this Bible. Got rid of, not got rid of my study guide, but I put my study Bible aside and got a brand new Bible. To read 1 Corinthians brand new, outside of the, what I knew. And I just sat and I read it. I didn't study it. I didn't take notes on it. I didn't hate it. I didn't have an emotion with it. I just sat with it and just listened. I sat and read 1 Corinthians. And by the time I was done reading those 16 chapters, I told God, I'm like, that was, was kind of impressive. Good job. <laughs> 
so I read it again, and I spent a couple of months doing nothing but reading 1 Corinthians. Didn't study it, didn't take a note on it, didn't have a thought while reading it. All I did was just read it. And the more I read it and the more weeks and more months I spent in it, the more I realized this is good. Everything that I was trained in with 1 Corinthians, the legalism, the boxes, the judgments, all washed away. And I ended up writing a book on it. My editor has it now, and it's about judgment. Imagine that. The book that I felt the most judgment from is the book that offers the most freedom from judgment. Fascinating. Therefore, I want to talk all about judgment. No, we're not going to talk about judgment today. (laughs) But we are going to be in 1 Corinthians, and I do pray that if there is an issue in our heart regarding 1 Corinthians, regarding Paul, sometimes Paul is a very pointed man. Sometimes we as women have a hard time when Paul says certain things to us as women. I pray that those thoughts will set aside and that we don't hear these words as a word spoken from a man, but that they're from God. Because are they not? Ultimately, from God. That's the prayer today. So we're going to talk about work, but God. 1 Corinthians 3. There are a few new faces in here. Let me just say my name is Jacqueline Palmer. You want to know a little bit more about me? You can watch last week's lesson. It's a little bit of detail about me this last week. This week, I have no idea if I'm going to share a piece of my story or not. I guess we'll see what God's going to do. First Corinthians, we're going to be in three verses, one through eight, after we pray. But before we pray, can I start in First Corinthians 2, verse 10? First Corinthians 2, verse 10. It says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. How I pray that phrase is what we build on today. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Heavenly Father, how much we love you. We thank you so much for being our God. We thank you for being the author of life, the creator of all things good. We thank you that we are in the category of what you've created. We thank you that you call us good. And thank you for being our God, our faithful and loving Father that goes with us day in, day out, that sits with us when we need to sit and that runs with us when we're ready to run. You are all things to all of us at all times. And it's something so big that we can't even comprehend. But in our hearts, we know how much you love us, how much we love you. I pray that you'll be with us this morning. Heavenly Father, as First Corinthians is laid before you, I pray that our thoughts are laid before you. I pray that our story that remains from what we peeked into last week, Father, I pray that we'll lay that before you. Your words, your truth, your life. Heavenly Father, we lay that before you and we thank you. We thank you for being a father of gifts. You've given us so much. And I pray, Lord God, that we will give it right back to you in honor and respect and trust and in full understanding that you are fully in control. I pray that you'll go before us, be with my words. I thank you for your protection over my voice. I thank you so much for all that you've given to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Fascinating sentence. But I, brothers, could not address you as a spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. I wonder how many of us are thinking back to last week's lesson. How we were created in the image of God, but are born with the seed of evil. And here Paul addresses the church in Corinth and he says, I can't address you as spiritual people. Ouch. I'm addressing you as people of the flesh. It's not a natural state. It's not a carnal state. It's not that state of someone who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a state of a people that should be identified as that 100% good, restored conversation with God, but that are living in that restored conversation with God in the flesh. Have you ever been there? Huh. Ever wake up in the flesh this morning? Ever drive in the flesh? Ever been on Eagle Road <laughs> at like 4.30? It's the worst. This is the state right there, that state that you saw of yourself. That's the state that's going on. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. He says, I've already fed you with milk, not solid food, for you aren't ready. You aren't ready for it. And even now... You are not yet ready. That's where it hurts. There was a time, he says, when I talked to you back, and you can read this account in Acts 17 when he first meets the city of Corinth. Paul talks to them, spends a year and a half with them, trains them, and then we see here in 1 Corinthians 3, I spent time with you, I fed you with milk, but here we are fast forward in time, and I'm still talking to you in milk. I'm still talking to you in the flesh. I still can't talk to you as a spiritual person. There's no growth. There's no personal growth going on. He says, and even now you're not ready. Verse 3, it says, for you are still of the flesh. And again, I pray that we think about what we talked about last week. That choice that we make. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, Hold on to that, please. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? There's some powerful, powerful truths going on in this sentence. We see at the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that Paul declares to the church of Corinth, don't let any divisions be among you. Don't let divisions come in. Don't do it. And then he talks about it more so in chapter one. Don't let divisions come in. And then here we see that divisions are coming in. And we see exactly what the division is that he's talking about. And we're going to read that today and learn from that today. But my, my prayer is this. Let's not get focused on the division issue that Corinth is having that Paul is discussing right here, right now. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes you hear somebody say something of, oh, there was this division, this issue, and you think to yourself, I don't have that problem. So you get comfortable and you don't worry about it, you don't think about it, and you say, oh, that's that issue. I'm good. I'll wait till my toes get stepped on. And we focus on the event and not about the heart that God is laying out. My prayer is that we'll see the lesson of the division going on right here 
and focus more on the heart of God and less on the heart of flesh. Does that make sense? That we learn from it. It says, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? The division that's going on is who they received Christ Jesus under. It's a silly division. It's a silly division. Verse 5 says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? And then he answers those two questions. They are servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. Then Paul says in verse 6, I planted. I planted. Apollos watered. That's what he did. I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his wages according to his labor. And I'm going to stop there. And I do pray that you personally this week, not as homework, but that you personally this week spend time in the duration of this chapter. Will you do that? Will you consider spending some time in the duration of this chapter as we focus on the beginning part of this right here? The Corinthians at this time were a new, they were a new body of believers. Jesus Christ had just risen from the dead. Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, who came in the flesh. Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, who came and lived in the flesh, who walked among men, ate with them, talked with them, lived with them, did miracles for them to see, said words for them to hear, allowed his flesh to be touched. This is our Jesus. This is what Jesus is doing at this time. He was alive. And then as we are seeing in just a couple of days, his death happened. There were many that were alive in Corinth at this time, a couple decades later, that were there. That knew somebody who knew somebody who was there. The reputation of Jesus Christ in the flesh was still on everybody's tongue. It was not a far history. We read accounts 2,000 years later. They were telling accounts a couple of decades later. That's how close they were to the physical touch of Jesus Christ. It's very possible that there were people that were receiving this letter from the hand of Paul that were there and beheld Jesus on the cross. It's possible. Wrap your head around that. They witnessed Jesus. They knew somebody who witnessed Jesus on the cross that heard Jesus say, it is finished. That saw him buried in the tomb. That heard rumor about the Son of Man. Anybody else get chills? There are people alive reading this letter from Paul that remember the day they heard 
that that man, Jesus, they say is alive again. And there are some that were still processing that. Is it true? Is it possible? We heard that he said that he was going to rise again, and now they're saying that he has risen again. Could it, could it be? I know my spouse believes, and he's become a totally different person. I know my children believe, and that's not my child. My friend, my friend is brand new. She can't explain it. I can't explain it, but there's something different about her. These conversations were taking place in the city of Corinth. Same exact conversations. This is what blows my mind. Same exact conversations that happened 2,000 years later. Do you think the name of Jesus is powerful? The same thing that Corinth was going through is the same exact thing we are going through today. Both the good and the evil. Because Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. This is our Jesus. It's always there. This church was brand new in the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ. They didn't have the written book to go to, but they did have the Holy Spirit. Did they not? They were new believers. A new believer receives the Holy Spirit doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter what season in life. The day we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is the day we receive the Holy Spirit. This new, brand new first century body of believers was having a very difficult time understanding the Holy Spirit. This is why we have 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So while you commit in your personal time to study the duration of chapter 3, will you consider looking at chapter 2 as well? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is powerful in meeting the Holy Spirit. And if we want to see growth in our personal life, if we want to see growth in our work, if we want to see growth in who we are as we are, that division is not among us, we need to see the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, we have issues when it comes to our work. We have issues when it comes to division. This is what's happening. And here we are, we're going to just repeat what Corinth was having a hard time getting. Let's not be Corinth. 1 Corinthians 2, as we uh, talk about the Holy Spirit, this is what he says in verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age, of this day, of this society, none of them understood this. For if they had understood this, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He says there was something missing in our rulers and our Christian authority. Something was missing. If it wasn't missing, they would not have crucified Jesus Christ. Don't miss the point. Verse 9 says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man even imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us 
through the Spirit. Don't you love being separated from those that don't understand all through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That is always the question. Always the question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you do not, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I pray today with your mouth, with your mind, you will receive Jesus as the risen, eternal Son of God. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says that that alone is what separates us from those who don't understand. It continues in verse 10. It says, For the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the very Spirit of God, And then he says the most powerful statement. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of him who is from God. Who understands God more than his own spirit? Obviously. No one. And that exact spirit who is in God is the exact spirit that God says, here, have that. You thought about that? Thought about that recently? Who am I? What is in me? What is my power? Oh, the Spirit of God. And we hear that. Do you have the Spirit of God in you? Do you, do you know the Holy Spirit? And we minimize it. Truly think about that. The Spirit of God is yours. Think about that. Write that down. Let that be your homework assignment this week. Think, I don't feel strong emotionally. I don't feel strong mentally. I don't feel strong physically. Think about what is in you through your belief in Jesus Christ risen from the dead. You have the Holy Spirit of God. Look at how powerful this is. Verse 12, once again, he says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Now how peace, such peace we see there. Verse 13, it says, And we impart this in words that are not taught by human wisdom, but that are taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Paul says you have the ability to be known as a spiritual people, but you're functioning as one in the flesh. Do you ever struggle with that? Honestly, do you ever struggle with that? You know that you know Jesus as your Savior, and you know that you are identified as a spiritual person, but your flesh, oh, that's so frustrating. Do you feel what the Corinthian people are feeling as this letter is being read to them? Yeah, yeah, that's me. I get that. It's an honest battle. It's an honest battle because of that ridiculous seed of evil that was planted in us because of this sin that happened with Adam and Eve in Genesis. We are created 100% good in the image of God, and we are born with the seed of evil that's contrary to our design. And in that, Jesus Christ rose again. And in that, Jesus healed that and fixed that and repaired that and made it whole and new and beautiful and without blame before the throne of God. That's what Jesus did. But we're still in the flesh. 
So just as God told Cain, you have to get control of that, this is what we're saying to us today as well. We have to get control of that flesh and remember who we are. We are a spiritual people. Verse 14, he says, the natural person does not accept the things of the spiritual God, the spirit of God as an unsaved person for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, a person who does not know Jesus as their savior does not have the spirit of God, period. That's what that sentence is saying. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. And verse 16 is a beautiful memory verse if you are one that wants something to cling to in the night. It says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? It's a great question. And then Paul says, But we, you and me, we have the mind of Christ. Oh, that we have a God who gives. We have a giving God. He has given us the spirit of God. He has given us the mind of Christ Jesus. Who are you? You are a child of the king that is filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you have the mind of Christ. That's power. How do we use that now for work? That's the question. We see in 1 Corinthians 4 that a lot of the home church leaders were using their work as self-confidence and self-assurity and self-praise. They were treating themselves as apostles. And we're not going to study 1 Corinthians 4, but I'm just going to let you know this is what's happening. These home group leaders or the pastors, the leaders of these churches were seeing themselves as apostles and treating themselves as kings and wanting those in their home group to respect them as such. And Paul calls them out and says, you want to be treated like an apostle? Then be treated like an apostle. Work harder than anybody you know and be treated with disrespect and unwantedness and unlove and be beaten and lay there at the point of death. Do you want to be an apostle? Really? You want to be treated as an apostle? No, you don't. Because we are treated worse than any other person you know. That's 1 Corinthians 4. But there were some that were working. There were some that were planting. There were some that were watering. And they were being elevated, and it was grossing Paul out. He says, don't elevate. Don't elevate work. It's never about the work. It's about God. So here we see ourselves in 1 Corinthians 3 once again. And I want to read this chunk. And I pray that we will see it as a spiritual person, not one of the flesh. He says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Then even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh, and behaving only in a human way. Can I read that verse one more time? Verse 3 says, For you are still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? And then he discusses division. It's all about 
what's happening in the heart of these people. The flesh is overtaking the spiritual walk of these Christians. Can I say that again? The flesh was overtaking the spiritual walk of these Christians. Is that not something very brutal that we can understand? In our work, in their work, they were wanting to see spiritual growth in themselves and they were performing the spiritual growth through their flesh. Have you ever produced spiritual growth in your life through your flesh? Oh, the fruit of the Spirit says love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. I am love. I have joy. Have peace, my dear sister. And we put on, right? We put on the spiritual growth in the flesh. It's highly unattractive. And many of us can see that through other people. Have you ever seen a Christian that you're like, yeah? <gasps> Can I say that out loud in a public Bible study? We, we are honest people. We know. We know when there's a good, good Christian person that's being a display. It's not attractive. It's not pretty. And then every once in a while we meet a Christian, you're like, there's something different about that person. Do you know what's different about that person? They are not trying in the flesh to produce spiritual work. It's the Holy Spirit. They see the difference. What we need to do today as women of women inseparable is to know who we are in that and be real and evaluate that. Be honest with yourself. When you come on your women inseparable study, when you go to church, when you go out to eat with a friend, when you go to any type of a Bible study, when you go out in public, evaluate yourself and ask yourself multiple times throughout the day, am I producing fruit of myself or is the Holy Spirit working in me? Good evaluation. Sometimes you're going to see, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. There is no way I could have responded to that person with kindness. And yet I just heard kindness come out of my mouth. That was the Holy Spirit. There are other times where you know you're being fake. You know you're being in the flesh. You know that you're doing your spiritual work in the flesh. I can tell you stories in which I've done that. Verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5, it says, What then is Apollos? It's a great question. It's a good question that we can apply to anything that's causing division within ourselves or within a friendship, within a church study. What is that? Pinpoint the division. Pinpoint the issue. And answer it. What then is Apollos? If Apollos is part of the division that's happening within you, what is it? What is Paul? Define that issue. And the answer should always center around this. Servants, he says in verse 5, Paul and Apollos are servants through whom you believed. They were sources to get to Jesus. And this sentence right here is the most beautiful sentence in this passage, I believe. It says, the Lord has assigned each of them. 
Paul is a servant who is assigned by the Lord to do his thing. That's all Paul was. Paul was simply a servant who was assigned by the Lord to work. That's all he was. Apollos was a servant assigned by the Lord to work. That's all he was. Pastor Steve Crane of Eagle Christian Church is simply a servant assigned by the Lord to work. That's all he is. I could say, I am nothing more than a servant assigned by the Lord to work. And it makes me giggle that God has asked me to work. That blows me away. And the smiles that cross this room and I giggle over myself, you are a servant that is assigned to work. And there's no difference between Paul's assignment to work and your assignment to work. There's no difference. Because it's not about Paul, what is Paul? And it's not about you, what are you? It's about Jesus. And this is what it says, verse 6. He says, I planted. We could simply say, I worked. Apollos worked. We didn't do anything special. We didn't do anything grand. I worked. He worked. But God. But God gave the growth. That's where the miracle happens. That's where the spiritual growth happens. God does the work. Not us. Not Paul. Not our pastors. Not our spiritual examples. Not that person that is just so close to the Lord. Not you. All we are collectively are servants. How honoring is that? We are servants who are called by God and assigned work. And it's never about your work. It's always about you as a spiritual person, not letting your flesh enter in, Oh, sweet friend, don't let your flesh enter in. Would you see a difference? Can I just throw myself out there since we're doing like, let's get real with our stories. Would you see a difference if I showed up one day and my flesh taught instead of the spirit? If I sat here and held myself differently and I declared, hi. (laughs) How obnoxious would that be? Let us not ever let our flesh get in the way. We see that when we walk into church doors and people greet us at the door, we see a difference of someone who sincerely loves being there saying, hello, does that not warm you? It's one of my favorite things, walking through those doors, knowing I'm going to see that same smile. That person is assigned to work and there's no flesh in the way. But it's sincerity of, I'm so happy you're here today. Every time that person gets up and worships the Lord before us, that plays that instrument, that gets up and opens the word of God, no matter what that is, whatever that position is, it's a human called to do something for God. And that person does it. I've heard stories of a couple of different women that have told me, um, both of them being singers, worship 
girls in different different churches, different years, that have told me, honestly, I had to quit doing worship because um, all the compliments of my voice started getting to my head. So I, I stepped away. How real and cool is that? So much respect for that. So much respect. One of those girls just told me a couple weeks ago, I'm back singing. I'm like, how is that going? She's like, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The whole time I'm up there, like, I feel like I'm just laying my every chord before the Lord. We know when our flesh is getting in the way. And if you know your flesh is getting in the way, congratulations, you're human. And congratulations for seeing it. Admit it and take a break. I can take a break? Yes, you can take a break. It's okay. It's healthy. Because when you take a break, you get to sit there with nothing on your plate but this. And there is somebody in this room, I have a very strong feeling that needs that truth, that needs to know it's okay to admit my flesh needs a break. My flesh is getting in the way and I need time to build my spiritual growth with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, will you give yourself grace and permission to be with the Lord? Is that fair? It says in verse 6, I worked, Apollos worked, but God gave the growth. So neither he who works or he who works. Do you see how like silly it is when we replace like what that person does with the simple fact that they're working? Do you ever compare your work with somebody else's work? I don't do enough. I don't do it enough. I don't do more. I do more than that person. I do less than that. The comparison, the division that the, the Satan brings into the body of Christ because we focus on the work, it's disgusting. Minimize it. It's just us working together. He says, verse 7, so neither he who works nor he who works is anything, but only God, only God who gives the growth. And I love when you picture the growth that God gives is deep. It's roots. The growth that comes from God goes down into the soil of Scripture. We see this in Colossians. We see this throughout the book of Colossians. It's only four chapters. If you want more non-homework, look at Colossians. And we see the Spirit do His growth down deep. So that as a tree, when our roots, because I know so much about trees, when our roots go deep, the tree expands and the fruit is sweet. He starts low. He starts within. That's where you know the difference of God's growth and flesh growth. Flesh growth doesn't go deep, does it? We put on our smile of flesh growth, and then one thing happens, and our flesh is gone. Our smile is gone. And you wonder, why can't I get stronger? Well, perhaps it's because you're growing in the flesh. You're growing spiritually in the flesh, if I'm saying that correctly. Even the sentence doesn't sound right. But sometimes we try to grow and do our work, spiritual work, in the flesh. And we wonder why we get so frustrated and defeated Maybe that's our self-evaluation this week. Check yourself. And I'm checking myself with you. This is not, we're in this together. This is all fun. Verse 8. 
he, he who plants and he who waters, he who works and he who works are one. And each one of us, as we work, will receive his wages according to his labor. There is such beautiful encouragement in this verse. Work. Work. You are a servant who is assigned by the Lord Jesus Christ to work. Write that sentence down and own that. You are a servant who is called by God to do the thing that God has assigned you to do. Do that. And then he says even like sweeter, this is how giving our God is. He says, when a servant does what they are assigned to do, then God is going to give them a wage for their work. That's awesome. I like payment. I'm okay with that. I like rewards. I like, I like presents. I love I'm that person. Some people are like, I don't need anything. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is how I got my engagement ring. My husband, my boyfriend says to me, I have something for you and I'm trying to decide when to give it to you. <laughs> There's no joke. Like, silly sentence. You have something for me and it's not in my hand. I don't understand. It's not happening. Our sweet Father who has created us, that has filled us with the Holy Spirit, that has given us the mind of Christ, who has given us work to do, who has assigned you personally a job to do, is also saying you do that and I have a payment for you. My question personally as I go through this is, What's that wage? We always say our goal always in Women Inseparable, whenever we open scripture, no matter what scripture it is, ask questions. Always ask questions. And in your study guide, if you haven't access to our study guide in person or online, there's a question guide in there. Ask questions. Whether those questions come from that study guide or come from your head, Ask questions. My question, I don't have that answer, but my question is, what's that wage? I know what my labor is. I know, I know what God has asked me, Jacqueline Palmer, to do. It makes, I, I, I love, I love the work that God has allowed me and called me to do. I love, love what I get to do. And God says, I have, I have a wage for you. I have a payment for you. My question is, what is it? I am such a little girl. It's ridiculous. Does that not make you want to work? Like, I, I know what my work is. I don't know, maybe I don't know what my big work is, but I know what my work today is. Oh, if you know what your work today is, you've, you're solid gold. Because it's never about tomorrow. And we just did a 10-week study on Jesus and me today. If you need to know what your job is today, maybe do that study over the summertime and know who you are today. Know what your work is today and know that that came from your creator God with the Holy Spirit in you, with the mind of Christ, and it's about you. That's how good you are. 100% good in the image of God. What work were you called to do? Are you doing it in the flesh? 
Are you doing it in the Spirit of God? And are your hands open? Those are the questions. Heavenly Father, how good you are. We thank you so much for being a gift-giving God. We have so many, so many gifts from you, and this is just one small passage that we laid before you. And in that small passage, we see that we have the gift of being your creation, of being filled with your Holy Spirit, of being filled with the mind of your Son, Jesus Christ, being given the opportunity to work for the kingdom of God. Oh, how that just stops us in our track and makes our hearts skip a beat, makes us ask the question of, who am I to be able to work for you? But I do pray, Lord God, that you will remove the flesh from the work that you have called us to do. Oh, how sincerely we pray that you will remove the flesh from our work. As once that flesh is removed, the Holy Spirit is on fire. And the Holy Spirit just pours out and lights up and changes lives. Causes growth to happen in one more soul, deep-rooted growth that only the Spirit of God can do. Oh, we thank you so much for your gifts. I do pray right now that you'll be with each and every one of us. I pray that you'll lay on us the work that you have assigned for us to do today. I pray that we'll hear that and that we'll do it. Go before us. Guide our feet, lead our hands, protect our words. Open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear the cry that we need to attain to. Use us. Use us, Heavenly Father, and I pray that you'll help us to be used by you for the Holy Spirit's work and not our own. We thank you so much once again for being our God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our eight-week study this season is titled, But God. Each of us has a story with many various elements. The one element that outshines them all is the entrance of Jesus Christ into our story. Here's Jacqueline. 